0: And God, more than anything in this life, we want you right now. Your will, your way, your message. Holy Ghost, would you come and say something that stirs us and encourages us and empowers us and equips us. We know that's your heart and we welcome you in this house in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not a pastor and I'm not a teacher. I'm an evangelist. And so I tend to get a little bit excited and I'll, I'll make no excuses. I won't rein it in. Um, I'm about to enter my 23rd year of ministry. And something amazing happens whenever I stand up in front of God's people. I get lit up with electricity. Yeah. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. And my hands are burning right now. And, and I do have a word of knowledge. Even as I stand up here, someone's going to walk out of this place with um, healing in their body. Praise because God. when my right hand burns right here, it always meets you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. So we're going to minister the Holy Ghost at the end of the service, uh, if that's all right, Pastor. Yes. But um, I, was, I was asked to talk about world missions, and I want to do that this afternoon. I bring you greetings. I talk fast, so you have to listen fast. But um, I bring you greetings from the persecuted church all around the world. Um, I started out in ministry as a pastor at a local church. I served in every position from janitor to senior pastor for a time and I did everything and I loved it. And I never dreamed I would be doing anything else. And in January of two thousand fourteen I went away on a 40 day fast and the Lord opened a way for me to rent a condo on like the twenty sixth floor of this amazing building on the corner of the beach. And I just fasted and I prayed and where I would sit on my couch, I would look out the windows on this beach front condo and all I could see It's just waves of the ocean rolling in day in and day out and day in and day out. And those waves would taunt me because I would hear the names of countries. And I began to weep as I understood that Habakkuk, another prophet, said that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, like the waters cover the sea. But here it is. This was 2014 at the time. We still haven't seen that. I didn't know how much of the world knew about Jesus. I had no idea. And God set me on a journey to reach the unreached. And to get very serious about the great tradition. And this scripture came alive to me. If you have your Bible, Psalm chapter 2. is it? It's really not chapter. Psalm 2. My wife always corrects me. Psalm 2. Is amazing conversation between the Father... And the Son. Verse 7. I will declare the decree. The Lord has sent me. The Father says to the Son. You are my Son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me. And I will give you the nations. For your inheritance. And the ends of the earth. For your possession. The Amplified Bible says. Only ask. And I will give you. The uttermost parts of the earth. For your inheritance. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing, right? Yes. And Jesus came to redeem all of mankind. And he loved the world so much, the Father did, that he sent his only son to redeem all of mankind. But as we sit here in this awesome church on a Saturday afternoon in 2017, 40% of the world has never even heard the name of Jesus. You can go to joshuaproject.net. They update it every year. It breaks my heart to read those numbers. Three billion people on the planet that have never heard the name of Jesus. They don't know a Christian. They have no access to a church. They literally live in darkness. And you might have heard of the 1040 window. That's where 90% of the people in the world that are unreached live. And it's in the Middle East and it extends into Asia. And when I went on that 40-day fast, the Lord showed me that area. And I said, God, I can't just pastor a church. I mean, I used to do street evangelism. I believe in winning the lost. I believe in witnessing. I believe in prophesying and praying for the sick and seeing miracles. But, God, I cannot live on this planet when your inheritance, the people that you died to redeem, have never even heard your name. You love the world so much, but they've never heard about it. And this is the amazing thing. I'm going to fast forward. I started a missions network. I'll tell you some stories that you can't read online. We're recording this, so I'll I'll do some stuff. I won't mention a few little countries, but Jesus has done amazing stuff. But here's what I want you to walk away with. Anywhere in the world, in humble Texas, or in the gospel works. Everywhere that we preach Jesus, the Holy Spirit rushes, rushes to convict sin. And then He comes to testify of the gospel with miracle signs and wonders. This has been the big thing for me. Um I went and met with the largest ministry in the world and told him about my heart. For and I said, God, I want to do something about that. So I went and met with the largest ministry in the world that has operations all over. And I went and I flew to, I won't say the city, and I flew to their city and I met with their director over the Middle East. And I said, I know that I'm anointed by God to do something about bringing the gospel. to." And that man leading the largest ministry in the world won hundreds of millions of people to Jesus. They're amazing he said, whoa, whoa, Russell, whoa, whoa, that's a dangerous area. If you're going to do anything and you're going to have to go there and learn the language, you're going to have to make a relationship with people for five years, ten years, people on the background. and then maybe after five or ten years, you can present the gospel to them. And I said, oh my God, no. In the book of Acts, 120 people got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we saw two altar calls where 3,000 and 5,000 were added to the church within four weeks. And I said, God, if 75,000 people a day die, never having heard the name of Jesus, how long would it take for us to reach the world? You know, Jesus said that this gospel shall be preached to the ends of the earth and then the end shall come. And I don't want to rock anybody's eschatology, but I'm just going to say it like it is. Um. Hello, we got three billion people that have never even heard the name of Jesus. I don't know what that is. I want Jesus to come tomorrow, but I don't want him to come tomorrow because there's three billion people on the planet today that have never heard that God loves them. They serve their God, their false dog, with a little G with great sacrifice. Ninety percent of them bow down five times a day and they fast a month a year. They do more than most Christians. But their God has no power. He has no love. He can't heal. He can't provide. He's a demon spirit masquerading as a god, and he's deceived hundreds of billions of people. Now that gets you killed a lot of places in the world. He mentioned uh, why the images of some of our missionaries are blurred, is because. But I just want to share some things that God's doing, and I want you to hear it firsthand. That you can't really read about in the Christian media. You're definitely, CNN's never going to report this stuff. But things are so amazing around the world. Yes, we have this unfinished task of the Great Commission. But Jesus is moving by the Holy Ghost all over the world. And if anybody will be bold enough to proclaim His name, He shows up in power. We send teams into areas that have never heard the gospel ever, and the first thing they do, we took a blueprint out of Acts 28. Paul is shipwrecked on the island of Malta, and he um, comes into the ruler of the island, Publius, and Publius' father is sick of dysentery and fever. And Paul says, "Bring me to me." Lays hands on him, gets a miracle. The king then brings all the other sick people on the island; they all get healed. And then, then Paul goes from being a prisoner. Right? Under chains, shipwrecked, to now he's well provisioned. They bring him gifts of the Bible says great honor and then sent them on their way. They would have worshipped him his, they would have worshiped him as God if he wouldn't have left. We see this all over the world. Because again, the, the people that oppose God Right? And you can call them Islam, Hindu, Shintoism, Kabbalah, whatever. They're just really false little wee devils that have deceived hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. The Bible says that when Satan is finally unmasked, the world is going to say, this is the one that deceived the nations? Yeah. You little effeminate sissy. <laughs> True story. True story. And I'll tell you what. People have a fear of the devil. I'm not afraid of the devil. Right. Defeated, 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 defeated. I love Colossians 1. Jesus made an open spectacle of his defeat. And I tell you what, we preach like this all over the world. And the devil doesn't I mean that he tries to bring up people and stir up people with mobs and stuff, but he has no power compared to To the power of the Holy Ghost. So what they do is. We we take a a blueprint out of Acts 28. We go into an area. And we say do you have anyone here. Who is sick that the witch doctors can't help. Do you have anyone here. Who has been praying to their ancestors. And their ancestors can't help. We're going to come and pray for them. In the name of Jesus Christ. And when their sickness diseases. You'll know that our God has power. And yours doesn't. And when you throw down the gauntlet. God never loses. This was imprinted on my heart when I was 18 years old. I saw an old granny 16 millimeter film of T.L. Osborne going into India. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want you to bring me 10 blind, 10 deaf, and 10 mute. And I'm going to pray for all of them in the name of Allah. And then I'm going to pray for them all in the Hindu God of healing. And nothing's going to happen. And then I'm going to pray for everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. And when they hear, and when they see, and when they talk, you'll know that my God is real. Yeah. And it happened. Yeah. I saw it with my eyes. I saw it. Yes. We can never get away. This is the amazing thing about church and ministries. We think that we can do things better than the Holy Ghost. God gave us the book of Acts. He gave us a blueprint to win the world. And it's the message of the love of God confirmed. By the power of the Holy Ghost moving on people. So, again, um, don't preach with notes. Jump all over the place. But I promise you, if I go down these little rabbit trails, the Holy Ghost has a rabbit on every trail. That's right. I promise Amen. you. Amen. Beaten so bad that he couldn't walk. And an angel of the Lord came and picked him up and carried him to a man's house. And said, this man will care for you. Can't put this on Listen, the church was burst in the supernatural and will never get away from it. We we, um, have an amazing man. The gospel works everywhere in the world, it works in humble Texas. Amen? Amen. When things get really, really hot, you have to use wisdom. See, I, I want to confront, but there are times the Lord will actually, by the Holy Ghost, say it's time to flee. You see that in the life of Paul. There were yes. times to get over the wall, down the basket, and live to fight another day. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why God doesn't have me on the front lines of some of these nations because it would not be in me to run. It would be in me to let's see which God answers by fire. But our guys that born under this persecution and live under this persecution, they just – man, they, they make the right decisions most of the time. And uh, something amazing that happens there is we'll do believers' baptisms in the middle of the night in drainage ditches, and we'll see thousands of people born in And in radical Islam countries, when you get water baptized, that is it. You are cut off from your family, and you have a price on your head. They call it an honor killing. You have so dishonored your family that they would rather see you leave the earth than be able to breathe air You know, and have walked away from your faith. So man, when they get water baptized, it is the real deal. And what happens is when you start hearing these stories and these miraculous things that God's doing all over the world, you start thinking that, man, these people are just like superheroes, but they're not superheroes. And they don't have any different faith than you or I have. They don't have a different Holy Ghost than you or I have. They're just believers that are so in love with Jesus, they can't keep it to themselves. Um, I was just visiting with a man from Africa, and he said, you know, they warned me when I came to America. I have to be careful about getting around you Americans. And I said, why is that? And he said, you start to love stuff, and you stop loving God. Oh, and it hurt my heart, but it's true. In other countries, when you love Jesus, it is... It is It is not possible to say that you're a Christian and not care about the lost and the dying. And listen, I was brought up in Christianity to like do street ministry very much because I was going to please God. And when I got a hold of the revelation of grace, it really set me free. I would have to win 10 people to Jesus every weekend or I felt like I was a loser, like I was a terrible Christian. And so my motivation was wrong. And so I've been under that thing where you have to win the loss and you have to witness to so many people and give out tracts. And when your motivation's wrong, man, people can smell it a mile away. You ever had someone come up to you that doesn't know you're a Christian and try to tell you about the Lord and they're just obnoxious? Oh, I've had that a lot. But when we are so in love with Jesus and he's so big to our hearts, we don't want the world to not know this God that we love. So when we look at winning the world, and listen, you know this is what Jesus told us to do. Mark 16 verse 15. Jesus said, look, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every single creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that does not believe shall be damned. You can't take that out of the Bible, even though people do. And then the next verse, these signs shall follow those that believe. Yes. Right? But we have this idea that if if you're going to do these great exploits for God, that you somehow are a different class of Christian. But it's just not so. God doesn't have an A team and a B team and a C team. God has us. And we are all God has. I had the Holy Ghost challenge me once. He said, I need you, Russell. And I was like, I don't know that that meshes well with my theology. God doesn't need anything. And he told me it again and again and again in my left ear. I'm a little hard, uh, stubborn, uh, a lot of things. And the Lord has to many times deal with my heart for several days, several weeks. I heard it so many times. I said, okay, God, I get it. You need me. Because I would hear the Lord all the time in my left ear saying, Russell, I need you. I don't have anybody else. It's not like God has an assembly line where he can manufacture more people. We are what God has to use in the earth. And, you know, Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We we know that, right? We're in a grace church, right? So we know that. But here's the reality. So I say there's no condemnation. But when we look at we have a world with three billion people unreached, that's on our watch, church. That's on our watch. And what's our response to that? If we know there's three billion people unreached, what's our response? I wish that God would take the night sky. And turn it into the world's largest HD monitor. You know that the big HD monitor that Jerry Jones has for the Dallas Cowboys that runs like 60 yards? I wish God would do one of those in the night sky. And he would just preach the gospel to every person on earth. But it doesn't work that way. Romans 10, Paul said, look, how are they going to know without a preacher? And how is anyone going to preach unless they're sent? It's what Pastor Will was saying. And, and I thank God that he supports our ministry and stuff. If I had $100 million, I could spend it like that. Because our budget last year was only about $250,000. And we used every penny to buy it. When you get known for preaching the gospel in closed nations, no one will give you a taxi ride. They're going to catch a beating. No one will let you ride a public bus. Nobody will let you sit next to them. So what we decided to do is, look, we'll believe God and we'll buy you a car. It's amazing what a $3,000 20-year-old Suzuki can do in the hands of Holy Ghost preachers. We'll put five of them in a car and they'll go on a six-month circuit across wow. I think I sent you pictures once or an update yeah. where, I mean, their shots are destroyed and their I'm not a car guy. Their struts are destroyed and their suspensions all beat up. But all they need to do is find a way to get farther. So, look. God chooses not to to preach the gospel He gave that to us He said, red letters You guys go and preach the gospel To every creature So what does that look like? It looks like ordinary people mm-hmm. Catching God's heart for the world And saying, Lord, what is my part?" And, and I say it like this you know, to our partners Everyone can pray Everyone can give And more than you think can go I know a man right now who's doing crusades across Honduras that two years ago was an IP guy with hair down to his butt um, and you know backwards baseball hats. He's the world's most unlikely crusade evangelist. But he got a hold of the Holy Ghost and said, God, I want to do something with my remaining years on the earth. He just reached 10,000 people in Honduras, and the president came down, and they're booked in the National Soccer Stadium. Oh, He's an IT so cool. guy. He's never been to Bible school. He got a hold of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I got the same Holy Ghost that Russell has. I got the same Holy Ghost that Andrew Womack has. If I lay this hand on sick people, they're going to be healed. And he went to Honduras and he preached the gospel. And that's what happened. Amazing. 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 One of the greatest uh, revivals in history in Argentina um, was with Carlos Anaconda. He was a nut and bolt. He owned a nut and bolt factory. He was in his mid-50s. And he started doing house meetings and they grew to church meetings. They grew to citywide squares. And then he was in 300,000 people in these massive soccer stadiums. And he'd never been to Bible school. That rocks a lot of people's theology. Because God doesn't have an endless supply of people. He wants people to say yes. Um, I've got three kids. And since they were old enough to talk, I tell them that the greatest thing you can give God is your love. But the second greatest thing you can ever give God is your yes. Whatever you want, God. Whenever you want. My life is not my own. This is the deal. Americans don't get this. Our life does not belong to us. Jesus said, if you lose your life, you'll find it. But if you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. And man, you know, a lot of people consider me a prophet. I do a lot of prophetic ministry. And man, I can't tell you what it's like to stand in front of somebody... In their mid-50s, mid-60s, and they are dead on the inside because their whole life, they knew there was something on the inside of them that never got touched. And here they are with a lot more years in the rearview mirror than the years they have in front of them. And they're saying, God, I don't want to leave the earth without doing what I was created for. And I'm a real big destiny guy. I mean, real big. I believe God created us for a purpose. I mean, everyone here, my young brothers here, were y'all born in the 1900s or 2000s? What year were you born? What year were you born? 97. Okay, so most of us here born in the 20th century by the hand of God. Right? Not on accident, but place. I was born in La Porte, Texas. August 7th, 1974. Because God had a supernatural purpose for me. And at times in my life when I felt really frustrated in ministry, I would complain to God. I know none of y'all have ever, ever complained to God about anything. I would complain to God, and he would say, God, he would say, Russell, you are not traveling across the ocean from England with Christopher Columbus. You are not colonizing the moon in the 22nd century. You were born in 1974 by my divine hand, and I have a specific plan for your life. You do not have to walk in darkness. And friends, you don't have to walk in darkness if you can't say with everything inside of you. Your pastor said it. we were just here visiting before a service, he said, I'm basically paraphrasing, I'm loving my life right now. This is awesome. I had some other things that looked like they could have been awesome, but this is what God wants me to do, and this is awesome. If you can't say that, man, you are just one prayer away from a shift. And it's, God, I give you my yes. Whatever you want, whatever it looks like, God, whatever it costs me, my life is not my own. I just want your will. And this is the big difference between the people that I find that are doing amazing exploits for Jesus in the earth. is that they gave God their yes, and they didn't consider the cost. Um, January of this year, like I said, this will make no sense if you listen to the recording, Pastor Will. But we're just going to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. January of this year, <clears throat> every January, the Lord usually gives me a word for the year. And I wasn't here to give you the word for 2017. So let me tell you what God spoke to me about for the church of Jesus Christ. He said, this would be the year of small steps and giant leaps. And he showed me that bootprint on the moon, for Neil Armstrong from 1969, where he said, this is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. God said, 2017 would be the year of small steps and giant leaps. Because what looks like small steps to you are really the giant leaps for your destiny. And I released this word on the internet, and Google took it back, but they gave us a $10,000 a month grant, which is a lot, right? So my ministry doesn't have to write a check for $10,000 a month. Google gave us $10,000 a month. So I bought up every keyword, because I also prophesied about Donald Trump, in 2006, and just made people mad like crazy, but I knew it was the Lord, and so I bought up every keyword there was for Donald Trump Prophecy and Word of the Lord 2017, and I had people from around the world writing me about this small step's giant leaps, because for some people the small step is quit the job you hate.
1: Oh. <sighs> <laughs> quit the
0: job you hate. Oh Don't waste God. your life. Oh. You know, for some people, the small step was to go move back in to the person you were estranged from, your spouse you were estranged from. Please clarify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But God is leading His people. God is leading His people into great, great things. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. No, I have seen. No ear has heard. It's never even entered into the heart of the people of Grace and Truth Church. The amazing things that God's prepared for those that love Him. Man, listen, if it's never even entered into my heart, goodness, I got a big dreamer inside my heart. God's plan must be huge. And don't you know that? I mean, seriously, on the deep down on the inside of you, don't you know that you were created for more than you're experiencing? Yes, of course, of course. But here's the thing. It's not magic. And it doesn't come because someday God's going to all of a sudden be motivated, be standing on one leg, and you pray just the right way, and he'll just push a button. I mean, I know you guys are educated in grace. Titus 2.11, the grace that brings all the stuff has already appeared to all men. So listen, we're not waiting on God. He is waiting on us. Amen. So
1: he's not stuck.
0: Yeah, he is not stuck. I love that. You know, I used to pray, Oh, God, move. Oh, God, move. Oh, God, move. And then I heard Andy say that. Hey, quit praying that way. He's not stuck. And I love that. But see, God's not stuck in your life and moving. See, I'm just shifting by the Holy Ghost here because, look, there's adjustments to be made even here in our crowd on Saturday afternoon. God has amazing things for you. He has amazing things for me. And he is saying, it is time to take some small steps. And they will lead to time at least. They will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. There's a, a pastor in Canada named Bill Craver. He's 65 years old. Amazing man of God. He was uh, brought up under Catherine Kuhlman in the 70s in that healing revival. I don't even know. You talk about Catherine Kuhlman nowadays and most people don't even he was, but anyway, um, maybe the most powerful healing ministry since the early church, and he was brought up as a, as a, as a miracle man, but that faded in the 70s and 80s, and he's just been pastoring a church in Canada, doing his best to be faithful to God, and one night he was sitting in his computer, 65 years old, and the Holy Ghost said, pull up Google Earth. So he did, and he said, I want you to zoom in to Siberia. He zooms into Siberia, and the Holy Ghost says, now go left, pan left, zoom in, pan up. And he found a little village in Siberia, and God said, I want you to go there and bring them the gospel. Wow. He said, God, how in the world would I get there? And, you know, the more you walk with God, the less slack he cuts you. Figure it out, boy. <laughs> so he called and started looking into the logistics. Bill Pranker said, wife of 65 years, you are 65 years old, you are coming with me. If God's sending me, he's sending you too, baby. They had to rent a Russian tank. Oh my God. Now, I've never been in a Russian tank, but my understanding is they are not built for comfort.
1: No. No tank here.
0: And they had to have a second tank follow them with fuel. 40 hours in a Russian tank. From where they got in, wherever, somewhere bordering in Siberia, 40 hours in a Russian tank. He said, well, I, "He said everything in me hurt. There was no praying. There was no believing. It's just after about two hours, this is going to hurt. And baby, this is going to hurt a lot more. Are we there yet? Sometimes they would make less than one mile in an hour. Oh. 40 hours later, they get out of their Russian tank and the people come. And they stand, they come around. They've never seen a Russian tank before. And they're like, what are you doing here? Frozen, tundra. They live where it's below freezing all the time. And he got out and he said, I've come to tell you about the God that created the stars and the moon and the sun. And that he loves you and that he sent his son to die for you. And their response is etched on my heart. They looked at Bill Brinkerman and his wife and they said, what took you guys so long for 10 years We've been going out and looking at the night sky, saying, I know that there's no way that this all happened by accident, but we don't know who created this. So the leaders of the village would get out to the night sky and they would say, if you're up there, we want to know who you are. Ten years later, Bill Pranker comes in a Russian tank to tell them, well, needless to say, every person. Got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost in that village. And there's a vibrant church in the middle of Siberia. One of my uh, good friends, and one, his name is Chris. He went into a region <clears throat> really, really bad, and they've never heard the gospel. So he wants to go there, but there's a lot of dangers because, you know, he's like, I know the Lord wants me to go there. And again, his name is Chris. This is very important. He shows up in his village, and the people all gather around because, again, he's white, and they're not white. And so if a white man shows up, he gets attention. (laughs) And they come around him, and, and they said, I've come to tell you about Jesus. And they said, but what is your name? He goes, no, it's not important what my name is. It's important I came to tell you about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They said, no, what is your name? And he said, well, my name is Chris, and the place exploded. Because the day before, a man in white, with long brown hair and a long beard, walked into their village. He was also a white man. And he said, you've been asking if I'm real. And tomorrow, a man named Chris will walk into your village and tell you all about me. Mm -hmm. You'll see, Jesus could have preached the gospel to them himself. But I found this all around the world. He leaves that to us. That's our job. I love this stuff. I mean, this is the coolest part of my job. A lot of really sucky parts of my job. But really cool part of my job is that just about every day, five out of seven days, I read something in my email that rocks my world, and I cry, and I get drunk in the Holy Ghost, and I laugh, and my wife laughs, and my kids laugh, because this is Jesus, man. This is the book of Acts. No one can ever convince me the day of miracles is past. Every day I get stuck in my email that says, there's no way. No way. But see, here's the thing. It's amazing that God does it's that. Amazing him. does that. But what about us here in the United States? I have a promise from the God of all creation that we are not going to be left behind. i I'm t- listen. You don't know me, so I could just be blowing smoke. But I'm not. I hear the audible voice of God in my left ear, and I've heard hundreds of times God say to me, "Russell, the glory of God is coming, and you're going to see it. The glory of God is coming." And you're going to see it. I've had friends that have seen the glory of God. I've friends that walk into a malaria clinic where every person is dying. And a fog fills the whole room. And malaria leaves as the fog dissipates. They've seen the literal glory of God invade a building. I have a friend in the Philippines... God said, if you won't quit and you'll stay in this hard place, I'm going to give you a meeting where sickness can't stand. She stayed for three years in hellish conditions in the middle of the Philippines, fighting malaria all the time, fighting dirty water. said, I had more diarrhea more days than I didn't. I just wanted to quit, but I had a promise from God that if you won't quit, sickness won't be able to stand before you. She said, I stood up to preach in a normal Sunday morning meeting and the wind of God swept in that building. The power of God became so strong. That the corrugated metal began to vibrate. So the whole building began to vibrate. People just began to stand up out of their wheelchairs. Stand up out of their stretchers. Instead so a man with a withered hand. You actually saw this little nub just go. Yeah, m-mm, In a new hand. Baby born with no eye. You saw the little slit, And then a little bit of gray. And then a little bit of white. And then boom. A whole eyeball. God promised me. That we're going to see it in America. So I'm not giving up on that. In fact. I haven't told anyone this. I'm actually starting to, put, starting to put my energies back into America. I mean, a lot of people put a lot of hope in Donald Trump, but not me. I knew he was going to be president, but I didn't put a lot of stock in Donald Trump. I'm a Holy Ghost evangelist, and then I'm a whatever political thing way on down the road. Mm-hmm. I put no trust in anything Washington has to say. I trust what God has to say. Yes. And God said that the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed and that all earth, the whole earth will see it together. Yeah. Isn't that what he said in Isaiah? All flesh are going to see the glory of God. Habakkuk said, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's in my lifetime, friends. That's in your lifetime. Do you have loved ones that need to see the glory of God? Do you have people wondering about the reality of God? Supernatural verification fixes a whole lot of stuff. I got saved, With no supernatural verification. I read a gospel tract at 17 years old. Had angel tell me Jesus was coming in the morning. That Israel was about to sign a seven-year peace accord. And if I didn't get right, I was going to get left. And I got saved. I didn't have any supernatural verification. But my twin brother, Rick, he got saved with supernatural verification. He was born with a leg that was too short. Evangelist laid hands on him and his leg went pop, grew out two and a half inches. He got saved would no wrestling and convincing him. We can't have... Look, if Jesus had to have the supernatural verification in his ministry, yeah. how in the world can we think we're going to preach without it? Yeah, it but is. here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned.
1: That whatever you
0: lean on, whatever you put your trust in, is the water you drink from. Mm. If you have to have a supernatural Christianity, you will. But if you can live without it, then you will. Mm. I'm not willing to live without a supernatural Christianity. No, sir. No. But God doesn't have a plan B. He doesn't have a B team. We are His best plan for the earth. Look, you know, I preach a lot of different places. And in any given crowd, there are people that, man, six months from now, their life could look so different that you couldn't have written in a fiction novel. Man, we serve the God of all creation. God can make more happen in one minute than 50 years of human effort. I believe that with all my heart. But it's one thing to hear that on a Saturday afternoon, right? And oh, that'll happen someday in the sweet by and by, but on Tuesday morning, in the nasty now and now, what do we draw from? What do we put our trust in? Mm -hmm. We put our trust in abandoning ourselves to the work of God in the earth. We want to love the one in front of us. But we also want to bring the stop. Look, salvation is the greatest miracle. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's it. But God didn't leave the earth telling us that that's all we were going to have is a message to proclaim. He told us we have a power to back it up. And when you preach this word and you share this word, whether one on one or to crowds of millions, God confirms His word. With signs, wonders, and miracles. I was at this Genghis Con or Genghis Bowl yeah. place somewhere the other day. Yeah, yeah that's the one. <laughs> and a lady was sitting across from me, and she said, I'm about to go and have surgery, and they're going to take and they're going to kill all these nerves in my back. And my left hand in the burn. And I just said, Well, that may be your plan. And you can do that if you want to. But I believe that God can go in and do what doctors can't do. And right there in the middle of being this grill, the fire of God hit her. And she called me the next day and says, this is the first day in years I'm not loaded on hydrocodone. I have no pain in my body. Awesome. Now, I can tell you a lot because, again, I've for 20 years. I can tell you that most people can get a touch on Sunday, can be pain-free for three days, and then they wrestle with their stuff again. Yeah. That's why we need teachers and pastors teach people how to keep their healing. You, you know, Kenneth Hagan he said that that's what they him ministry, was he would follow William Branham and T.L. Osborne around, and they see people come out of wheelchairs, and, you know, they see people that have no legs, all gummied and atrophied, and they get brand new legs, and he'd come back to the church six weeks later, and they're back in their wheelchair. So, I mean, we we got, got to know the word of God, right? I Means, believe me, this is not fantasy, though. I know. i am praying for people today. We're going to see the power of God in some people today. But I know that we also got to walk this stuff out. I mean, no... Look, I've been at this thing a day or two. Okay? Yeah. God wants more for us than we ever dreamed, and you know, I look at my life, and I mean, I know that as I'm preaching, some of you are taking stock of your life because I can feel it. And if we're honest, we're saying, God, I know that I was created for more than I'm seeing. The way we respond to that is, God, you whisper, and I run to say yes. I don't care how hard it is. I run to say yes. And if you keep running to say yes and running to say yes, you can't miss God. You know, we're great, right? Book of James, we're great at being hearers. We're a little slow sometimes at being doers. You know, I can't tell you how many thousands of messages I've sat under that rocked my world. And I took notes and I did all these things, but I never did anything. And my life radically changed when I said, God, I don't want to be a hearer. I want to be a doer. And you've got to be a hearer before you're a doer, but it's very easy to hear but not do. So raise your hands to heaven. I feel an anointing right now for a grace to be a doer, and God's going to pick somebody's chooser. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I praise you for your presence right now. And God, I thank you for a great grace that descends. Lord, you showed me an angel would circle this building and Father, I thank you that they're bringing good stuff from heaven. Father, I thank you for a grace that descends right now, Father, to be doers, to be doers, to take action in Jesus' name. Father, I praise you in Jesus' name to fix somebody's chooser. God, they want to do right, but they choose wrong. They want to do right, but they choose wrong. Father, I thank you for great grace to fix their chooser in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, folks, are we God's B-team? No. We're God's A-team. We're His first choice. And empowered by the Holy Ghost, we're going to do the works of Jesus, and we're going to win the world. And that could be the guy next door, or God may give you the name of the country, and you could find yourself there in 12 months. It happens to people all the time. All the time. Our lives do not belong to ourselves. Serving God's fun. If serving God's boring, I just say, look, you know, you you, you you don't have the same portion I have, okay? Because serving God's not boring. This is the adventure of a lifetime. Not without difficult days. Some days are, you know, wading through poo. But serving Jesus is amazing. And there's always grace to walk out of the poo. And he always takes us back to high ground, doesn't he? Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I have a word for the church. I have a word about the church. Four o'clock this morning, the Lord wakes me up. And I live through this stuff. And you told me a little bit this morning. And you have to just trust my integrity that I'm not talking about that. But the Lord says that that which is, okay, the angel came to Joseph talking about Mary. And he said, that which is in her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said, that which is conceived in will is of the Holy Ghost. And there was almost a misstep. But you didn't. You chose right. And I'm not saying what you told me this morning. You could have. Settled for second best. But now you're going to taste the goodness of the Lord in this season. And the Lord said, this is going to be the most fulfilling thing that you've ever done in ministry. Beyond your wildest dreams. The acronym of your church, I saw it. It says, help. The Lord said that this church is going to help. And he kept saying, help. is going to help a lot of hurting people. And I was involved with a church plant in 1993. And this will sound crazy, but I'm going to tell you this really happened. The launch service of that church. We were all, you know, doing what we were doing in leadership. And the building was only only had ten foot ceilings. And during the message, two angels filled the foyer and their waist was ten feet tall. We couldn't even see the, the top of them. Only two people saw them. And after the service, the children of the pastor says, uh, hey, uh, did, did 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 you see anything during the message? And I said, uh, did, 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 did did you see anything during the message? And those were angels that were sent on assignment to go and gather sheep. This morning at 4 o'clock, God told me that there's angels activated to go and gather sheep. And you may start here, but I saw a different building. This is not the right color. So I know you'll be in a different building. Mm -hmm. And God's going to gather people. And this is going to be a place of the Word and a place of the Spirit. And it's Mm going to be ratcheted up a couple notches. And there's key families that aren't here today that God's going to send you. And God said that when I put my hands on you, there's going to be provision. going to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name and release it on will in this church. Right now, Father, in Jesus' name, provision, I call it in. People and resources. Amen. Well-funded. That's what I hear the Lord say. Well-funded in every area. Well-funded. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, just raise your hands for a second. Just raise your hands for a second. Father, we we don't want to miss anything that you have for us. Father, would you let your presence to do the impossible descend in this place right now. Father, I thank you that pain is leaving bodies right now. God, I thank you that pain is leaving joints right now. Father, that your healing power flows through every cell. God, I thank you that every nasty cancer cell trying to grow in this place leaves... In Jesus' name. God, I thank you that every generational thing that, they, that mama had and the grandparents had, that, Father, it leaves their body. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for this, brother, right here. Bye. Yeah. Man, you have a tender heart. Mm-hmm. And I tell you this, brother. This is going to be an amazing season of your life. You're going to respond to God. Your, Lord, I thank you that he's going to hear you with clarity, and he's going to respond right away. It's going to be different this time. I swear to yes. the Lord say, it's going to be different this time. And Father, I praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. All right, Pastor Will. I'm done. Thank you for this privilege. I hope that you've gotten something out of my yapping. God said my job is just to show up and flap my gums. And so I try to do that the best I can. I love you. And I know this. I will be seeing you again because God knit my heart with your pastor. I, I mean, I see his stuff on Facebook all the time. I've listened to some of this stuff on SoundCloud. So I promise you I'm going to see you again. And, you know, Nehemiah says that we don't despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So I feel the pleasure of the Lord in this place.
1: Amen. 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 Praise God.
0: God.
1: Oh, man. Everybody stand to your feet. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for the man of God. What God is doing in his life. Oh, we thank God for you. And and we receive everything. Well, praise praise God. So everybody just uh, keep Russell lifted up in prayer. The power of of God world outreach ministry. And... uh, and I will always let you know how to, how to contact him. He's got a great website and everything. And we're always going to be in touch. And we're looking forward to having Russell back and often. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, praise God. We've got our website, it's almost finished. It's, it's really awesome. I got a peek at it. Father, we just thank you so much for this powerful word we received today. Thank you for the man of God. Bless him in every way. Bless him indeed. We just pray the prayer of Jabez over him, Lord, that he be blessed in every way and his family and his ministry and everything that you have for him to do. And we thank you, Lord, that he said yes and that he continues to say yes. And we thank you, Lord, that these things have been opened. Doors have been opened here for these that are hearing this word and will hear at least portions of it in the future. And we thank you, Lord, that doors will be opened, that the devil will not be able to close. And we thank you for this outpouring of great grace on everyone's life. And I ask them to continue to go with them. Do not let the enemy steal this word from them, Lord. Have it to go deep into their hearts and to into good soil and to come forth, spring forth, and bring a great harvest in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.